Welcome to the Eric Schlein Podcast, where personal development platitudes can get the hell out. Completely devoted to ontology, breaking down distinctions of human consciousness as an access to enhancing performance. Here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Eric Schlein podcast. And today we have on Satyan Raja, who is the founder of Warrior Sage Training. So, uh, Satyan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Eric. Always so, yeah, so tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. It's great to have you on. I've been an affectionado of human potential and the raising of consciousness uh, since I was young. I started off in martial arts and that opened the doors to many forms of psycho-spiritual teachings, immersions, mentorships with wild and crazy teachers from around the world. And through my 40 years of uh, study and dedication in that, I've opened up various organizations, Warrior Sage Trainings is the well-known one, um, giving different human potential trainings, organ uh, leadership events, trainings to, uh, Leaders, anyone who's here to make a difference in the world, we support them to become the best that they can be to do that. And are you, are you working mostly with business owners or people who are working on, you know, at, at organizations or what, what's your focus? Yes. So my particular focus to my own personal mentorship is with business leaders, CEOs, founder CEOs who are interested in not only growing and expanding their businesses, but aligning their body, mind, spirit, and soul to their deepest calling, their Dharma, as we call it in the East the the depth of their being and helping them come into states of self-realization self-actualization and then from that place of being that depth of center helping them support their family lives their relationships so they come into equilibrium i've just found being a serial entrepreneur myself with a spiritual orientation that there's a lot of imbalance in our world i've from my own experience so when we come into that harmonious centeredness of being when things go into a whole new way of, of expression, peace. Right. Now, are you typically working with people who are already into that kind of thing? Or are there people who come to you and they say, I don't really care what you do. I just want results. Both, both. Okay. I have people, uh, who've done the whole gamut of the human potential, rah, 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 you know, Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. personal development, self-motivation, firewalking, breaking stuff. They've come through that and they've mastered, if you will, that state development, that ability to develop that strong, Hey, I'm going to make it crush it and make it happen. Yeah. And, but I'm, you know, the people who come to me have done that. They're, they're sort of bored of it. They yeah. know there's the depth of being and yearning to something far deeper, far greater. Um, I feel they're coming because part of their soul is being called to initiate the sage with them to live more from the sage nature, the wisdom nature, the wisdom, the perennial wisdoms of life, which are already within our soul. So I tend to attract those type of individuals, but then I also get folks who just want to grow their business 10 X, want to create a billion dollar business, grow this, grow that. And, and I, and, and, and they're seeing that the way that they ran, how they do things is not giving the returns that they want. So in my work, it's less doctrine experience. It's more giving people the experiences of self-actualization, self-awakening, so they can make up their own mind and experience their own wisdom. When that happens and they get initiated into these new dimensions of being, they start to see, oh my goodness, 
like Archimedes with less pressure, less doing, more being, I'm attaining far more. And that's the magical, if you will, transition from pushing, striving, uh, demanding of life and forcing life into having life come to you, have success come to you, have expression and legacy unfold rather than be a one. Right. So let's say I'm someone who is a business owner and I come to you and I say, you know, Satyan, I uh, don't really care. You know, I don't have really much experience in the personal development stuff, not really my thing, but I know you get a lot of results. What's the, well, how, how does it work? You know, what, 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 why would, why would being more in touch with my wisdom or inner sage or whatever you're calling it, what would that have to do with performance yeah. on the corner of my business? I'm sure you get asked that. So absolutely. Well, you know, I'm a martial artist as well. Since I've been a young man, that's how I started in all of this. And with martial arts, it's extremely pragmatic. Your philosophy has to translate into sparring. You can be all pie in the sky. You could be all ephemeral. You could be all ascending in your mindset. But it, if it shows up and you're getting your ass beat, then it's not working. So in the same with business, whatever internal shifts you make, if it's not showing up in the external light, if it's not showing up in your family relationship, then there's no validity to it. So right. I'm very much a pragmatist. So when I start with folks, I want to find out what sucks. I want to find out where the obstacles are. I want to find out what are the problems in the teams? What are the problems in relationship? What are the problems with health? Where are you out of balance? Where does life suck? Where are you overwhelmed? Where are you stressed out? Where are you having the same repetitive shit going on over and over again? Because those are the entry points to start to heal and start to balance and start to bring wisdom, deeper consciousness into those areas rather than override them, override them, override them. So when we enter those places with courage, with openness, and that's my job, is to help us go into those places with courage, with awareness, and unpack them because there's deep life lessons in those things. And when those life lessons are not avoided, but faced and learned, then we have a new life that opens up in front of us. Now, would, would you say that, um, people who have don't have a prior background, do they have an easier time or a harder time working with you? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. What's most important is the willingness to have a life of greater freedom, greater love, greater depth. And for the willingness to have, you know, infinite potential, but taking the path of least resistance, that's the pragmatic aspect of it. It's taking and learning how to tap into the path of least resistance, which is activating a deeper flow state, which can only come by doing the inner work. Now to do inner work, it's a different form of courage to cultivate. It's a different form of vulnerable courage to say, hold on a sec. I'm, I, I'm willing to shift my external reality by feeling into the internal reality. You know, I like to give this example. Okay. Imagine we're facing a mirror. Okay. Right now we're seeing each other through the screen, but imagine we're facing a mirror and I bring a comb to my head. All right. And I'm about to groom. In my case, I don't have I'm not sure what you're going to do. Right. Yeah. So maybe I'm, uh, you know, about to comb my hair, not me, but whatever. Right. Or shaving my face. Yeah. Now imagine I got a shaving blade right here, but I want the blade. I want the mirror to start shaving. I want the mirror, the image out there to start combing. Yeah. Well, it's silly to do that because it's not going to happen. 
you have to shave first for the reflection to appear. In other words, it's got to be done in the inside first for the outside job to change. And if you don't get that by now, you're ending up in a lot more suffering. And when you're willing to get that, not metaphorically, not through some woo-woo, but to get it on the inside yeah. and then start aligning your life on the inside, then immediately the results are seen. It's not something that'll happen years from now. The results are seen immediately because I believe this external world is a reflection of our inner terrain. Yeah. And this is the final, this is not only the final frontier, this has been the perennial frontier the wisdom masters of all the ages have been telling us. So I'm not saying anything new. I'm just being more demanding that we do that now so that we have business reflect the wisdom that we're far behind it. <laughs> how, did you get, how did you get into doing this professionally? Well, I got into Kung Fu and Kung Fu has a deep spiritual origin. It has deep Buddhist roots and in Buddhism, we recognize that much of our suffering is based on attachments to things that we put far more importance on that don't need that much importance. Maybe if we lessen the importance on those things, life will be happier, more smoother. So I started translating the teachings from martial arts into other aspects of life. And because I come from a serial entrepreneur lineage, my father's lineage, serial entrepreneurs going way back. What did they do? Uh, uh, many different forms of businesses. You know, okay. my father's now, you know, a mortgage lender in his eighties, you know, he's a nice retired wow. life. He works from his home. You know, he's a very, you know, he's done super well for himself. And, but you know, he went through the same struggles himself. And I saw as a young fellow starting, you know, big businesses, losing money, losing it all, starting again. And as a teenager, I was like, oh my God, I don't, you know, the stress of seeing that my parents go through that. I wanted to find a way which we weren't going down that uh, path again. So the suffering in my life and in my parents' life from having the huge ups and downs in businesses, it inspired me to go deeper into this realm of cracking the code of how us entrepreneurs and business leaders can, can it draw from ancient wisdom and put it into these uh, modern applications, you know? Yeah. And what, what would you say your biggest influence have been? Um, developing your own, you know, approach to this kind of stuff. Well, my Kung Fu teachers were huge. Mm -hmm. My life, I saw how they were able to balance this warrior and the sage aspect of life, having cultivating wisdom and consciousness and learning to, um, be more honorable men, integral men. You know, I saw how they. They, they enlisted higher values in me, not just for gain and win and, and conquering. Although they were very strong in that, they showed me a softer side of reality. And so they introduced me to the concept of yin and yang. Uh -huh. And that then continued to flower. And so I've had um, really the blessing of being mentored by metaphysical masters of our day, you know, uh, of our generation, just, you know, some of the greats who have been mentors to Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, and all these folks, I've had their mentors mentor me. And there's something that happens when with you're these people, they can teach you through books, those beautiful things, but when you're around them and when you're in that field, there's a transmission of the old school apprenticeship that happens that you can only get when you see the nuances. When you feel who they are outside of the stages, outside of the, uh, big flash outside of the books, 
So I've always been pursuing those things. You know, I read Think and Grow Rich with Napoleon Hill years ago when I was a young man and his pursuit of going and meeting the masters around the world and absorbing their wisdoms. So I did the same thing. And I continue to do so because I I don't. Well, you did did more than Napoleon Hill did because he apparently never actually did that. Okay, well, <laughs> well, even if it's legendary, yeah, I got the, pre- I got the inspiration. It's, it's actually funny. You could almost say uh, Napoleon Hill, um, a lot of that book was, was, was made up. And, and people lived in and said, yeah, oh, you should, you should check into him. He was a big con artist. And he made up a lot of these stories and was, you know, didn't have a lot of money. But he but inspired you know, a lot of people. <laughs> through his One of the things I've recognized is, yeah. is what... Many of these folks we consider legends. Yeah. We're just ordinary folks like us. Oh yeah. Just ordinary, ordinary folks with amazing aspects, with broken aspects, with beauty and bullshit. Right. Yeah. We come with the whole package. I think, I, I think a lot of, actually a lot of the, the great people who have made the biggest impacts also have some of the most fucked up lives too. And you know, that's, um, you know, I consider him like myself too, you know, I'm, I'm expressing myself in my power right now, but yeah. you know, I have my own personal challenges. I got my own personal shit I deal with in life. Yeah. I got my own family issue, you know, like dealing with young adults, uh, young adult children, you know, I have a wife of 34 years, Suzanne. And I, I truly believe my friend, Eric, there's no arrival. And anytime one starts to think I've arrived anywhere, yeah. that's the danger of the ego. we got to, you know, again, I'm going to come back to my Kung Fu teachers. When they, you know, my master said to me as a young man, he says, it's better to be humble all the time than to be humiliated all at once. Yeah. So I try to hold that disposition as best as I can, you know? What's, what, totally, what, what, can you share a story of working with one of these masters and kind of the in-person experience and who that was with and what that was like (laughs) and what you learned? (laughs) Oh my God. I have so many of those stories. I'd love to hear some. One, one crazy one that I'll share with you that's out of the blue. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly. So uh, Eric, will I'll share it. So one of my crazy wisdom teachers, he's passed on now. His name is Stuart Wilde. And he was a crazy wisdom teacher. He was known as a huge influence to Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, a lot of these big spiritual names. Yeah. And he was a radical teacher. Okay, really radical. And I sought him out after reading his books and it blew me away, right? When I read his books and when I met him, I was like, is this the same guy that's in the books who seems so cordial and all about behind the scenes? He was like a wild man. So one day we're in this castle. He invited me and his style was you'd get a call out of nowhere and it'd be like, be in Florence, Italy in this castle at this time or else you never get mentored again. That's how it was. Okay. You'd never get mentored again. He'd never call you again. So most of the, the teaching was just showing up. How would you sort your life? And his philosophy was, if you can't get up and do what you want, when you want, how you want, without asking anyone permission, you're not actually totally free. Right. So until you can get your place where right now, I want, you want, we can get out of this seat right now, even while in the middle of this podcast and go to Botswana, set up shop and start again. And, or if we have to ask a hundred people permission, pay off a hundred bills, sort out our life over the next six months and arrange that how free are we how did you know that part two of the show is going to be at my castle botswana <laughs> it's the email that you're going to get at the end you can never be on my show again unless you meet me at this castle in botswana exactly. tuesday 
So I get this message. I'm like, holy shit. Okay. So long, it, it was a trial and tribulation to get there, but I got there. And it was interesting. There was, um, um, royal family. There was people connected to the royal, you know, like dukes. And yeah. there was like street folks that he had just met like a few weeks ago that he brought into the castle. And, and so there was this hodgepodge of interesting characters in this castle in the middle of, you know, uh, a floor, uh, Florence, right. Okay. And, and so one of the evenings we're in this whole other dimension and he says, and he pulls up this cardboard and all types of, and he goes here, I want everyone to shit on it on your piece of cardboard. And I'm like, what the, like, what the, right. And everyone's like, what do you, and you know, you could see all the hoity toities were like really uncomfortable. Yeah. Some of the other people were laughing their brains out. The street guys were like, no problem. I'll do that shit on it. Right. Right. So everyone's, you know, this weird energy. Right. And some people go off, but I guess they go off in the bathrooms or whatever they're doing should go bring it back. Anyways, it just as ever, some people are about to go off and do that. And he goes, stop. This is like half an hour of everyone, like really sitting in their shit around yeah. the shit. And he goes, I want you to know that it, everyone's going to be shitting here. I don't care if you're millionaires. I don't care if you're the coming off the ground at the, at the end of the day, we're ending up all in the dirt. And so who are we without all our titles, all our identities, all our accumulations, all the things that we think who we are in our identities. I want you to know we mean shit at the end of the day. Whatever self-importance that we have is the very thing that's holding us back from being the great gift to the planet. Drop your self-importance. So that was the lesson I learned from that. No. Did you, did, and did you actually end up having a shit? No comment. Okay. Noted. <laughs> Wild. That's, that's one way to uh, exemplify that principle. <laughs> it's interesting. Adam. The whole essence is, is the lowering of self-importance. Yeah. Especially as we become more prominent, as us as business leaders become more prominent, more successful, our auras grow, our magnetism grows, our uh, ability to make impact and influence grows, which is awesome which we need to claim and own and magnify, but in a pure way, if we do it from our ego, sooner or later, our ego is going to go fuck around, going to do some shit with our money, yeah. going to overspend here, we're gonna, whatever. We're going to do something our ego is demanding of us rather than what our soul is leading to. Yeah. So what's the process, if there is a process that you use working with, you know, say high level CEOs and business owners to get them out of their own shit. I assume you're not having them take shits on cardboard. What's, <laughs> no. what's, your, what's your access to that? Well, I take them through what I call the path of the warrior sage. Okay. So take them through different aspects of being. The first thing I want to do is I want to analyze what I call the freedoms. The freedoms is something where faith, I want to look at, and the freedom stand, they're the Fs, right? Freedom. So faith. Where do we stand? How do we believe in ourselves? Do we have any stuff around self-worth? Many of us are driven either by self-depreciation or we're using our ego to inflate ourselves um, when we have self-worth issues. So I want to look at how do we feel about ourselves, our faith, and then how do we feel about our connectivity to the universe, to the cosmos, to the natural rhythms, natural law, 
Are we trusting and are we not? So that's one of the areas we dive into faith. The other one is family, family dynamics. What are the unresolved family dynamics that we need to attend to so that we can start having wholeness and love and joy in our family dynamics? We're not carrying on the generational baggage of yesterday. We're having joyful relationships with our partners. We're having sexy, passionate, exciting, evolutionary experiences and that we're healing our relationships with our parents, whether they're alive or not, with our, with our children, whatever ages that they are, we're moving towards that. So faith, family, finances, as business people, we're driven by finance, by business. We wouldn't be in business unless we love business. We love to grow. We love to make money. We love what money can do. For me, there's one purpose of money and that's to purchase life experiences. At the end of the day, it's to purchase life experiences. So I'd like to look at how are we doing in our earning? How are we doing with our saving? How are we doing with our spending? How are we doing with our investing? And to bring that into harmony, usually one of those areas is strong. Perhaps earning is strong, but spending and saving is weak. Perhaps investing is strong. Perhaps earning is weak at one time. So we bring it to an equilibrium. So we're developing a lifetime of balanced wealth creation. Okay. So faith, family, finance, fitness. The body is our temple. The body is our joy. No matter how wealthy we are, if we're not healthy, we're not wealthy. We need to find equilibrium and balance. So I like to work on the fitness dimension of being. Faith, family, finance, fitness. And, uh, and then I like to put in fun. Are we enjoying now? Are we smelling the roses now? You know, in my work, I talk about the masculine illusion. The masculine illusion is one day when I've checked off this, this, and this, then finally I'll be free to have fun. Yep. That's bullshit. You got to have fun now. You got to look at the joy that's available now, because if you keep deferring it, you might end up dead, which is what I've seen. Emotionally dead, psychologically dead, or actually physically dead. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So once I do an analysis and a deep dive of looking at these, then I create a custom path for each individual so that they're moving along, taking, because we're all unique. No one's a cookie cutter. My approach is very dialed in, very intuitive and very direct. So everyone walks a path that elevates them into their, their, the profundity of their power. And how long was that initial, uh, we read through those stages. How long does that take typically? Because I come from a dojo mentality, martial art mentality. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Dojo means it's somewhere that you, a dojo is a place where you train martial arts. In the well, what is it? What is a dojo mentality? What does that mean? It means you're coming on a regular basis. You're not coming to have one epiphany. You're not coming for a weekend retreat or a seminar thinking you're going to change your life or drink some ayahuasca or drink this or go for like a week of this. It, th those are remedy type mindsets. Yeah. You know, but a dojo mindset is I'm coming weekly into a place of sacredness, into a place of centeredness, into a place where I can remove myself from all my doings and have a deep dive in my own personal nature. So I do that every single week. I love, I love that. I, I, I think that our, our culture has moved so much away from that mentality you know, in, in the the age of the internet, there's all these, you know, here's the life hacks and here, you know, people are looking for, uh, these quick fixes. I, I think, you know, instant gratification culture. The most humbling part of my journey 
I can share with you directly. Yes. 40, 42nd year in martial arts now. I've been wow. trained 42 years. Unbroken. And in that 42 years, um, I have, you know, I have a handful of current mentors still right now that I surround myself with. And, you know, amazing masters. You know, my teacher, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, eighth-degree master, Marcus Suarez. Um, you know, I, I like, this guy knows his Brazilian jiu-jitsu like an encyclopedia, like, like one of the just brilliant beings. But more importantly, he's a great man, a loving man, a loving father. He treats all of us students as family, not as a master. He never says that I'm a master. It's always by his first name, Marcus. So humble, always deferring respect to his teacher, never aiming to ask for respect for him ever. Yeah. And I'm learning so much. If a man like that can do that, and he's in the dojo, I'm in the dojo, which means I come into it on a regular basis. You're never in an arrival mindset. You're in, hey, I'm going to stay dialed in. Look, if you're writing with a pencil, we don't use pencils so much anymore, but if we're writing with a pencil, it's going to get dull by its use. Yeah. Yeah. The dullness is not a problem. It's because you've used it. You need to sharpen it. So a dojo mentality is you, you're using your pencil in life, your intention, your focus, your discipline, your work, and you got to get it sharpened. Yeah. You get it sharpened, you go back out and you write again. In the same way, we sharpen our capacity. And with that mindset, um, achievement happens steadily, not through some great panacea or miracle wave of, of a one, you know? I will, what happens. I was just, just going to say there's nothing wrong when it does happen, but it's not, I think I, what I've seen, maybe you've seen similar or different, but I have seen people who they almost chase that experience and, and then it almost becomes their thing of just chasing experience from experience from experience and that and that becomes the roadblock the more we chase experience the more we're losing touch with the true meaning of life which for you, you don't want to talk to me about right the people yeah. Yeah, they, they need to go to this the tony robbins thing and then this thing and that they lose the euphoria that something's wrong and you go out to the next thing and, they, and then 20 years later that it becomes an addiction it's the addiction to states yeah. Right. Because we've lost connection with being. And so we think these amped up states, cause there is a euphoria that comes up when you're pumping yourself up. Right. Oh, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. How we're running our businesses. Businesses have brought this world so many, I mean, we've got the, the greatest miracles and innovations on this planet because of right. we're on zoom with a computer with a microchip inside and that's only one of like billions of things that have been created right and and we're moving towards the brink of human extinction at the same time in parallel due to the detriments of this mindset so i believe we can heal that the detrimental side by healing and coming into a reckoning with why we're causing it with this addiction for more, for gain, for um, mining and extrapolating and drawing from continuously. And that that's because we haven't found who we are and our wholeness of being. When we do, we're not going to be searching for it outside of ourselves. We're going to be emanating it in a good way rather than clamoring it in an outer way. You think that's why people, when they get connect, really get connected to self, 
there's almost this contribution flowing out of their pores naturally. Is that, do you think that's sort of the source of it or? It's the natural consequence. Right. Connecting, not only connecting and discovering your true nature, but also then cultivating, aligning your life. And that's what I try to support with, with my clients is aligning their life with the self-realization. Because let's say you have this profound self-realization, which happens. Yeah. All my clients, they awaken. But now we notice that much of their life wasn't organized or set up on that mindset and way of being. Totally. So now the real work of adjusting that and reorganizing, reorienting that so it's aligned with who you are now begins. Yeah. So self-realization, actualization is not the end, in my opinion. It's the beginning of the great work. Yeah, totally. And then who is best to lead it? But us as business leaders on the planet, because we have the ability to make direct influence on the planet in the most powerful way, more than any other type of group on the planet. And I'm with you on that one for, for sure. Is there, is there certain industries that you, that you prefer to work with or have more fun working with? No, it, 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 it's more, I'm, I love working with leaders who are resonating with what I'm sharing and are in their own power. They're not looking for a guru. They're not, they're not looking for, um, you know, I don't work with folks who have that type of looking for someone to, uh, relieve them of their karmic hit shit. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking for, you know, I, I'm good with working with fellow warriors and, and warriors who have walked that path of life and whose soul and evolutionary timing is calling them to live more of the sage and, and deepen that, um, sacred, the sacred walk of life. Look that. What else? What else is there, uh, talking about? Is there any, is there anything you would hope that I would ask you that, that you think would open up some interesting conversation that I haven't asked you? Yeah. You know, I like to ask you about your work, your background. Let, let's, let, let's turn it around. Sure. You. What okay. scenario, what's an area and what's a question you have perhaps of me personally as a, as a guide, a leader, uh, as an influencer, what's an area that you would like to have more flow, more fluidity, more joy? It's yeah. a good question. Uh, I mean, this is like a lot of the work that I do. So this is like a, you know, thing I'm always looking at for myself, but, um, Okay. Here's one. When I'm putting things out online, right. You know, even this podcast, right. And there's, I, I go in this back and forth balance of, you know, I want people to kind of come to it and listen to it, but I also want to share it and, and share it with people that I think would appreciate it. Um, and sometimes things really take off and it like flows and I don't know how it happened. And then sometimes I find myself in a state of like, Oh, I need to keep promoting this, keep promoting. I don't really feel good about it. Um, I'm not always at the source of what has say a podcast episode sort of percolate throughout a community. And then when it doesn't. So from my experience, you know, everything has ebbs and flows. Yeah. Everything ebbs and flows. There's an attachment that you have. Uh, we have to the, not the ebb and flow, but to there being a constant growth. Right. 
That's the addiction. That's the wish. That's the ever never ending goal. What if you could surrender the importance you have to it continuously spiraling and impacting more and more and driving it to be more and more impact more and more. What if that very mechanism you could feel inside yourself and you say, you know what? I want to lower, just like you would on a stereo, there's bass and treble. Right, right. What if you looked at importance as the base and you dial down the importance uh-huh. on it all so that it would be conveyed in your breath more, conveyed in your being more, that you would look less and less at the re-ratings, how many people are opening, like truly, and that you would start losing the addiction for seeing, am I growing? Am I, is it going up or down? Yeah. And you start just lowering the importance on that whole shebang, what would start to happen is, is a new energy will start to brew in you. Right. It'd be a calmer energy, a, a more gentle penetration of being will enter the airways through your expression. And there'll be less of the subconscious mind looking to do things to increase viewership, which paradoxically will bring more people attracted to the deeper being that's emerging that has relinquished the importance of having to push it. Right. And now it becomes a pull that, that there's, and it becomes almost a force, a mysterious magnetism that operates at a level that no marketer can ever touch. Right. I promise you that will start to happen by lowering the dial of the very thing that you think you need to put the most attention to. Yeah. And what, what I'm seeing though, not, See, knowing me, this is, this is where I would get stuck. So I'm already saying it, not doing it in order for that to happen. Yeah. And that, then it just becomes I, another tactic. Yeah. So that's the point. It's when this is when what I've just shared with you becomes something you're yearning for. Right. And that you feel is actually, um, an, an initiation to a deeper way of, of expanding who you are. Cause it's really, there's, in my experience, there's no business. There's only yeah. the self. Yeah. That, that's cool. No, that's, that's, that's some great coaching. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Now, who are your mentors today? You know, do you, are you on calls with people? Are you still, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are, you're taking Ab- a look at yourself? Absolutely. You know, in the I Ching, an ancient book of uh, Chinese philosophy, 64 hexagrams of wisdom. It says the superior man or woman who is cloistered in their own white castle or castle in the air is bound to only have their own self-reflection. They're not listening to the wisdom of others. And then er, therefore their castle will collapse. Yeah. So I surround myself with um, numerous mentors, but some... um, Anjali Hill has been my mentor for about 30 years. She's been my spiritual teacher and guide. And I like to have that feminine wisdom reflected because I'm very masculine in my nature. And so I like to balance it with feminine wisdom. I have my Brazilian jiu-jitsu master I shared with you, Marcos Suarez. Those are two. I have um, um, a handful of other wisdom keepers. Some are well-known, some are not. 
through the years, Lawrence Noyes, again, one of my other long time, 30 years has been a mentor of mine, straight shooter, very awakened, one of the most integral men I've ever met in my like integrity to the core, just who he is, teaches me to deepen my integrity. Yeah. So those are some of the three main ones that are I'm feeling in this time to share with you. I love that. I love that. Uh, for people who are interested in, you know, experiencing some of your work, what's, or, or talking to you more, if they have any more questions, what's, what's the best way for them to learn more about what you do or get in touch with you? Yeah. You can go to my website, warriorsage.com. And if you're really called and you want to share more, you can email me directly. Okay. Satyen, S-A-T-Y-E-N at warriorsage.com. But, um, warriorsage.com, you know, that's filled with all types of resources and talks and teachings and downloads that can support anyone on their psycho-spiritual journey and their evolution as a business leader, as an influencer, as an impact maker. Awesome. You said at the beginning that there's, you know, you have Warrior Sage, but there's other things you do. What's, what's recently, what have you been working on other, you know, other projects, initiatives? Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'm part of an, um, um, an organization, um, international peacekeeping organization, and I'm being called to do peace negotiations between religious leaders, uh, wow. specifically, uh, Palestinian and Israeli. So, which is a big deal right now. There's many initiatives right now that are happening on the political levels of those, but no one's addressing the, the, the spiritual dimension of that and the, the religious conflicts that are there. And the, tr my experience is there's so much con congruency in these realms that they all, that we all share a golden thread of wisdom and truth, um, that that's in all of these. So I've been, I'm so blessed and humbled to be invited, to be able to support these things and, 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 and bringing in, not just talking about it, but having these folks do the inner work who are ready to heal these wounds and to support how to do this on mass. I have, a one of the other initiatives is one of my other organizations I founded called Accelerating Evolution Academy. Um, all the methods that I have learned and distilled and synthesized over the years, we've trained a team of amazing facilitators of physicians, professors of psychology, uh, world-class human potential leaders, and they train other, uh, uh, leaders in these, uh, methods to accelerate consciousness very rapidly. So that's a very powerful project that's taken off and just very proud of. Just want to go back to the Israeli Palestinian things. I mean, how's that been going? What you, the work you've been doing for that. It's tough. It's tough. There's, um, there's so much money going into, uh, of course, the militarization and military industrial call, you know, that whole realm for good reason. We've needed it for all these years. I'm not against any of that. I don't, I'm not a scourge. I think if we didn't have that, you know, we wouldn't have the protections that we wanted. Yeah. World. It's all good. No, one second. Yeah, sure. Who's this? Some something startled him. Who's this? This is this is Peanut. Hi, Peanut. Peanut. There he is. Oh, Peanut. Hey. 
How are you? I have my little dog Prada somewhere roaming around. Yeah. yeah. So you you were saying um I was yeah. saying we there's so much investment going into those realms. And the tough thing is is to get these type of leaders together. So I'm always inviting those of you who are successful in your businesses to come and support the work that we're doing, to bring wisdom keepers to, together, to not just intellectuals, not just politicians, not just um, um, negotiation talks, but bring the wisdom keepers together. Help us um, invest in, in bringing the wisdom keepers of the world, all of them together, because you know what? They all have the same message in their own way. It's us on the periphery, on the outside, operating out of our minds and intellect, thinking that we can resolve it at that level. But we need to resolve these things at the heart, soul, human level. And that's where we need a lot of support in. And that's, that's my work and the work of my esteemed and loving colleagues, you know? Yeah. When, when it comes to, you know, again, this Israeli-Palestinian conflict, where are you finding or how are you finding you know, people on both sides to come together and start talking. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. My, my, my mentor, guide, and teacher is uh, Dr. Thomas Daffron Clough. And he has been on the forefront of peacekeeping and peace initiatives on the, on the planet uh, at a geopolitical level for, for decades now. And he's been mentoring me in supporting this and understanding the inner workings of treaties, um, you know, historical challenges and rivalries and all of that. I'm, I'm just a beginner in this realm mm-hmm. and, and I'm just starting to see all the geopolitical craziness and, and opportunities now that COVID has brought that we're recognizing, you know what, we're one people. doesn't matter what we look on the outside, our belief systems, we could all get equally unwell. All of us, all right. we all share the same breath. We all are sharing the same air and these lines are starting to break down of conflict and division. And so I just want you to know, I'm a beginner at this. I'm a novice. All I bring is my ability to bring hearts together. And, uh, I hope I can be of uh, service to this, you know? Oh, that's amazing. Um, I want to ask you also about that other initiative. You know, I know we, we have talked, you know, primarily one-on-one of some of the work you do with the you know, healing trauma and the, you have partnered with, you know, psychologists as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think there's a paradigm shift going on where you have some of these traditional models, right? Where, you know, people are dealing with, um, say depression or anxiety or other, other things. And they spend years and years and years working on it and they might get better, but it's still like they're in the survival stage. They're still coping with it. They're still dealing with it. A lot of people think it's a lifelong sentence that it'll always be just kind of how they're wired. Um, but I, but I think that, you know, you and me understand that it, it often doesn't have to be that way, but it's not, it's still, I feel like we're in the very, very early innings and a lot of psychologists either completely threaded by it, which blows my mind because I think they should be, you know, interested in helping people as much as possible. And if there's a way to do that more effectively, why not be for it? Um, and then there's people who are like, oh, this is interesting. I've never really seen any clinical data, but. You know, if there's a way to better treat my, my patients, I'm, I'm all for it. So can you, can you go a little bit more in, in, into that? You know, just, just yesterday, you, you know, a, a friend and we'll share details later, but okay. a friend that you introduced me to, 
um, had an experience of our accelerated evolution methodology. And she said, um, that it was one of the most profound experiences that she's had. She told me yesterday. In a, in, and that her colleague that she even shared a light version of from even memory yeah. had said they was the most, one of the most profound, um, healing experiences in a short period of time. So I learned from Bruce Lee years ago, one of his statements really impacted me is absorb what's useful, discard what's not, and come up with your new, more creative expressions. Yeah. So I've applied that also to psychology and spirituality. So in my quest of learning to, to develop myself and the human condition, um, I dove deep into all forms of healing from shiatsu and acupuncture to psychology. Do you, do you, have, a, do you have a formal psychological background? Yes, I have. I thought, that, that's right. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been trained. I, I, I don't have any certificates as a psychologist or therapist because I'm on, except for being a shiatsu therapist and an acupuncturist. Okay. Uh, but I've trained in about 30 different modalities full on. I let go of any type of designation or insignias at the end of my name. Cause after a while, I just felt that wasn't important that the only thing important to me was the effect I can make in people's lives. Yeah. So I, I just re I, to me, it doesn't give me any more credibility or not that I have any totally. in my name. So I don't, I don't use any of them. So that's, I, yeah. I do. Anyway, anyway, so can you, can you share more about some of the, the way you build trauma? You do it pretty quickly. The methodology is called Accelerated Evolution Academy. Anyone okay. can find out about it at acceleratedevolutionacademy.com. And really the essence of that work is it's a distillation and synthesis um, of all that has worked for decades and drawing the best elements, what does work, what doesn't work, what takes way long, what takes shorter time. And we've brought it all together to my main mentors of influence. This work is, uh, Zhivarad Slavinsky. I consider the, uh, Tesla of consciousness. One of my other mentors, Charles Berner, uh, who's passed on, um, again, another Tesla of consciousness. There's some of their main work is again, they've been distilling for 16 years and taking thousands of years of spiritual teachings, traditions, therapies, and, and dialing them up. My team has dialed them up to even to the next degree in impactfulness. And now we're training um, really world-class facilitators. How does it work? We take people, we find out what their challenges are. We take them through exact guided protocols that are, that are not based on energy healing or woo-woo. There's no doctrine. We just take them through an exact guided protocols. They start with a problem. At the end, they end up in a state of deep peace. Yeah. Take this into what we call, for those who are spiritually inclined, it takes us into what we call non-dual states of awakening or self-realization, where we go beyond the psychology and we go into the void state, if you yep. will, the, the, what the Buddhists would call sunyata, the absolute void. Oh, I get it. Over that place, we rewire the physiology, the mindset, the belief systems. Yep. And this happens in minutes, literally in minutes, rather than weeks, months, or years. So that's why I'm really excited about it. Not because of its theory, but because we can get it out to a lot of people and they don't need to believe in anything for it to work. That's an, are, are you training other psychologists on this work too? You're training hundreds of psychologists. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, do you, um, do you work with people, say, like say some serious stuff, like say people who are suicidal, do you, do you take on people like that? I personally don't. Those within my organization, our main, uh, like physicians who do, who are well-trained in it and trauma physicians, yeah. those who are 
um, well-skilled in traditional models and modes to do that because that needs more specialized training. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't, you don't want to get someone in a space where all of a sudden they get empowered to kill themselves before they no. let go of the identity that they're suicidal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's really, it's really interesting. What about, um, what about people with say like OCD compulsions? Is, do you feel like that and helps that that's another, so there, you know, I'm funny. My, I have a cousin of mine who's a, a therapist, um, and he has some contacts with OCD organization and, you know, they're always looking cause they're always looking for ways to have breakthroughs around that. So I'm wondering if that could. Absolutely. One of the principles in that is called par paradoxical intention. Okay. Say more about that. Yeah. The more you exaggerate the obsession, the more it dissolves. So if you tell a person who has some, you know, washing hands and, and they're doing it 10 times while they're doing it, get them to do it 50 times. Yeah. And <laughs> have, I, oh, have you heard the story of how, uh, the, there was a very famous story of Tony Robbins was just starting off of how he uh, got, got to quit smoking. You ever hear about the story? I think it's like by, by ex excess, right? Yeah. And he brings this guy like a hotel. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories. He brings him out in the hotel with a smoky head and he gets him to smoke like 20 cigarettes in his mouth at the same time. So he's choking and coughing. So this, this principle was elucidated and brought large, you know, to the world through the good work of Viktor Frankl. Okay. Men's search for meaning. Yeah. And what a lot of people don't know is he did a deep dive into paradoxical intention. And that was one of his main therapeutic invention, uh, interventions. I did not know that. That's right. Viktor Frankl. And, um, you know, that's a man who's made a huge impact in a lot of people's lives through his work for man's search of meaning of coming from the horror of, of concentration camps and finding peace and, and well-being after that and, and, and how we live that. So our accelerated evolution processes utilize aspects of that methodology, but within the context of wider methodologies to pick up the other areas. So we have a holistic healing of being. I love that. Well, Satyan, I know we're, uh, we're almost out of time, but it was such a pleasure uh, to have you on. You're doing some incredible, incredible work. Um, you know, please keep uh, us updated on, on what you're up to. And, uh, you know, we'll put all the links and, and resources that you have in the show notes as well. For listening. You know what? It's been an absolute joy. I really appreciate your openness, your inquiry, and, um, and, you know, the joy that we share with each other. Thank you. Likewise. My pleasure. All right. Have a good one, man. Thank you. All right. Take care. See ya.